Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just relax, and you know what we usually do, just whatever else is going on, just let it fall by the wayside, and just Be open and ready to receive from the Lord what he wants to share with you for this time. may not even have anything to do with what I'm talking about or your expectations for this time, but just make yourself available. And let me just start by apologizing for the several weeks that we've not been able to have a show. Um, Unfortunately, the the podcast uh, software uh, Blog Talk Radio was not working correctly, and it's taken them a while to apparently get their uh, everything back online, probably due to the holidays. So, But we're back now, and we'll be going back to our usual uh, Tuesday at 6 schedule, uh, at least for the near future. We'll always, you know, I'm going to be looking at all the different options I've got in front of me to be able to communicate more effectively the things that um, I believe God has laid on my heart for all of us uh, for this time. It seems like we're heading into some interesting times, and we want to be confident that we aren't missing anything as far as direction from God. We want to make sure that we're experiencing the peace that passes understanding, the boldness that comes with with knowing God, and the healing and and the personal uh, growth, the personal experiencing the uh, process of becoming one that God wants each one of us to be experiencing while we're here on this earth. So he's got a purpose for us as individuals, But you also have to think that, okay, he's got you here on this earth for this time period. We want to make sure that if there's a specific reason that he has for us, for each one of us as individuals, that we are there. We we want to be standing in the place that he has set aside for us to do. Again, this is not about our relationship with him. This is about an opportunity that God has created for each one of us to be able to work on the process of becoming one spirit, soul, and body. He doesn't need you to accomplish his goals in the world. He doesn't need me to accomplish his purpose and goals in the world. He's perfectly capable of, you know, scrapping the whole thing and starting over again if he wanted to. And likewise, if he wanted, if he wanted to get rid of evil in the world, all he needed to do is is a twinkling of an eye, and it would all be gone. But he created evil for us to overcome. He created evil to reveal good. They're all both the good and the evil, uh, demons and angels, ghosts and aliens. Everybody is under God's control. So we don't need to be concerned about you know, knowing what God wants us to do. God is not relying on, for instance, our prayers, our understanding, our, you know, um, 
passion. He's got everything under control. He knows what he wants to do. Now, there are some things that we don't understand. The whole concept of time, like, um, you know, the fervent effectual prayer of a, of a fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does that mean? Can we really move the hand of God? Or is it because he knew the end from the beginning and he was going to be doing something anyway? We're just joining him in that. There's a lot of things we don't understand. And personally, I would just like to accept that. That rather than trying to come up with a doctrine to explain the ways of God when he hasn't revealed his ways, let's just accept, okay, this is something we don't understand. He hasn't revealed it yet. Let's just leave it at that. As long as he hasn't put it within us, to pursue until we get an understanding. But right now, I don't know of anybody who's fully able to receive the full truth, the full weight of God's truth, who he is. It's, it's like, you know, he presents himself and we would be burnt to a crisp. He, we would not be able to, our bodies, our souls would not be able to stand, exist in the unfiltered presence of God. But we're working on it. And as long, the more we can keep the balance and the understanding, especially if, if there are chaotic times in your family, in your, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, in your community, in your country, in your world, if we can remind ourselves that, first of all, that God loves us, and secondly, he's got everything under control, and that thirdly, what he's doing in you is the most important. It's not about out there. It's about in you. And his goal is to reunite your soul with your spirit. And in turn, your body will follow with that as part of your soul, the restoration, so that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. Now, that's, you know, a fairly, uh, when, we, when we think of it in those terms, that's pretty, you know, straightforward. There's, you know, okay, re, you know, heal, heal the soul, you know, uh, make it able to achieve and do everything it's, meant to do was created to do and then the soul and the body would be reunited to god okay you know that should be fairly easy and yet we know it's not for a multitude of reasons many of which we've talked about our belief system the the doctrines we already believe the lies the wounds that have to be healed the misconceptions of ourselves so many things that god is working on and this is God's responsibility. It's God's job to heal your soul and to restore your soul. Our job is, as he heals us, to start acting like we're healed. And sometimes I wonder if, let's say, I'm just going to pretend, you know, pull a number out of, out of thin air. Let's say you have 25 things in your soul that need to be healed. And you have an awareness of 50 things that need to be healed in your soul. There's a difference of 25 things. Well, what if those 25 things God has already healed? 
but you're still living as if they haven't been. And I, I kind of suspect that's true for a lot of us. And our self, our, the crutches and the bad habits that we've developed thrive and live and dwell on the believing the lies that we have 50 things that need to be healed rather than 25. So we end up struggling with things because we haven't, you know, whether it's we haven't felt God's healing or it's hard to change the way we do things or, you know, lies, lies are fun. You know, we believe a lie that suits us. What we believe suits us. And sometimes it suits us because it protects us. And sometimes we believe a lie because it hurts us. And it's easier to, to control being rejected. It's easier to be, uh, to be to control how we're hurt, how we're lied to, how we're deceived. You know, when people expect a lot of you, that's, you know, we, how we respond to that often reveals where those wounds are. Victory often reveals, being successful often reveals the, the lies and the beliefs and the wounds just as much as being struggling with things and living in chaos and trying to overcome things. So, which is another testimony that every aspect of our life points to the purpose of God in your life being a restoration of your soul because it reveals to us where our wounds are, our misbeliefs, are the challenges that God is restoring and that we are learning to live according to. So, and that's part of, you know, in, we, in him we live and move and have our being. We are a spirit being. How, how, we, how we learn to li- live like that. We, first of all, stop focusing on everything that's wrong with us and accept that as we start doing the things that a whole healthy spirit being would do, we will encounter more wounds and we will be wounded again and we will be rejected again. So what? It's going to be painful. We're going to have pain whether we stand still or not. You're going to be rejected whether you do anything or not. That's part of the world system. That's part of our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Is Rejection is a great tool. Deception is another. Accusation is another. And sometimes we are our greatest accuser, and we are our own worst deceiver. We deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. We derail the process that God has set in motion in our lives. Because we want to maintain control. Now, again, our, our, that part of our soul, that the crutch, the self, the, the imitation, we get even, uh, the mirror image that we've been relying on, that we were able to create that crutch was a gift from God. That you have a soul is a great, was your gift, was God's gift to you that your soul was able to protect itself by creating these crutches and these lies. That was part of that same gift. 
And the only thing we're dealing with now is you simply don't need that anymore. And now it's become an interference with you being able to be one with God. So he's simply saying, okay, it's, it's sort of like if you've got training wheels on your bike and you're, you know, you're riding your bike to work and it's a 10 speed and you've got, you know, you can do it with your eyes closed and you've got a, you know, you can drive in traffic, but you still have training wheels on your bike. It's time to take them off. It's time to let go of the things that were necessary at one time, but now may not be necessary and may actually be hindering. And so we let them go, and we free ourselves from those misconceptions, the the beliefs, the wounds especially. But we understand that we have accepted those wounds as part of our, our being. And off, so often part of the lies we believe is that we just have to live with it until we die, and then we're going to be with Jesus in heaven and everything's going to be fixed. And, you know, we always t- say, you know, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. When we get into heaven, he ushers us in. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I just have always been struck, isn't that too late? Don't we want to know how we're doing while we're here? So we can make adjustments while we're here. What's the, the old saying that you, you know, you're climbing the ladder and you finally get to the, the top of the ladder only to find that the ladder is against the wrong building. Or we're trying to perfect apple pie and to present to God and then we present to God to only to find out he likes pumpkin pie. And the reason we do that is totally understandable. And God knows that. He does not hold any of this against us. It's all part of his purpose and his plan, again, to bring us into oneness. But when we talk about, and this is where, you know, we're getting back into the whole idea of learning about the supernatural realm. That's simply part of the area where your soul dwells. The solical realm is part of the supernatural realm. And your soul, your mind, will, and emotions just as your spirit dwells in the spiritual realm and your body dwells in the natural realm, your soul dwells in the solical realm, which is part of the supernatural realm. And the, way I, the, the reason I say it like that is because we are not the only beings that have souls. I believe angels do and demons and maybe animals and aliens and ghosts and, and whatever you want to put in that bucket. Because there's only two kinds of spirit beings. And that's God and us. And then there's bazillion different kinds of natural beings, everything from plants to worms to seagulls to all different kinds of things. But soul in the soul, soul realm, the supernatural realm, this is the area, I think, where we have the greatest challenge, the, the longest way to go, if you will, in order to be able to have that oneness with God. So in the supernatural realm, what we've been talking about is being ready to approach and learn how to have that um, uh, be as comfortable in the supernatural realm as we are in the natural. 
And so we've been going through different areas of our lives. And I've been giving you some homework, and we've been looking at some different ways of approaching things and coming up with objective reality of, of this is an area I want to pursue, this is an area I'm interested in. But what I really also want to look at is how to make this as practical as possible. So um, in the next coming you know, weeks and months and however long it takes, we're going to be looking at other ways, other avenues, other venues besides just this audio podcasting to uh, teach, to instruct, to perhaps do some, some courses, some, some studying types of things where we can uh, hopefully even more conversations where we can learn from one another but also have the idea that what we are learning needs to work. That's one of the things that motivated me to write the, the, um, the book series I have is does what you believe work? When I first became a Christian and one of the things that God put on my heart was that the best way to learn something was to teach it. So I started teaching Sunday school and, and looking for opportunities to teach things. And that served me well through all the different ministries I've worked with. And that still serves me well. And I would encourage you to think in the same terms, that the best way to learn something is to teach it. Because you then have to be able to explain it, have to experience it, have to have a, an ab- objective understanding. So if there is something that you're interested in pursuing, spend some time. How would I teach this to somebody? Uh, and I'm also kind of coming to the realization that a lot of what the issues are in, I'm just going to use the broad term, the uh, modern church it's not very effective. It's not very practical. It's not really doing anything to bring the uh, existence, the, real, the reality of who God is to his people or to unbelievers. Christianity does not seem to have much of an effect through Christians on the earth today. Now, God does. God does what he wants. He reveals himself to who he wants, but he wants us to be a partaker of that. We are, we are yoked together with him. This is our opportunity to join him in what he's doing, and this is part of the purpose and the reason he wants us whole so that we can join him, and he can trust us with his power, trust us with the authority, trust us with decision-making. He wants you to have good judgment. One of the, the things we often come up against is, you know, people don't like Christianity because it's so judgy. You know, there's these Ten Commandments and these, you know, God's just up there waiting for you to, to, you know, mess up so he can get on your case. So Christians have embraced that. Rather than going, okay, let's, let's look at that. Is that, you know, is that really what judgment means? And I would say no. Okay, judgment is being able to have an accurate evaluation to be able to look at something and go, okay, what is that? And then go from there. Look at it without, uh, you know, looking for, you know, the, looking, at, looking at any action or person in terms of the way, the truth, and the life. Does this line up with who God is? 
And, you know, one of the things we're eventually going to talk about is the nature of sin. You know, we all have a, a long list, a, a perception of what is sin. Does, you know, and if you, what's the unpardonable sin? If you, if you sin, are you going to hell, et cetera, et cetera. When really, per, you know, personally, at this point in time, my conclusion is that sin is anything that hurts us. And that's why God hates it. It's because it hurts us. Whether it's, you know, anger or fear or divorce or, you know, any, anything, it, it, he hates it because it hurts us. And he loves us. So anything that hurts us, he, he hates. And he hates sin because it separates us because it hurts us. And wounds separate us from God because it's in those areas that our soul is separate from our spirit. So those are all areas that we're going to look at. Now, if you want to be um, kept up to date on what we're doing, pretty much right now what I'm going to uh, encourage you to do is either join, the, go to the website and either join the newsletter. There's a little place there where you can join the newsletter, or go to Facebook and um, that's you can look also look up the Rainers Club on Facebook. We've got a, a site there. I haven't been doing too much there, but you can join there, and I'll be keeping everybody informed um, of how we're going to be doing things. Um, I'm sure you know if you've been listening to this. Uh, podcast for any length of time, we do do things differently. We are we are not a Bible study. Uh, my goal is to make the Christian life of relationship with God as practicable, practical and doable as possible. And by that I mean to a person who has never cracked the Bible. Our our goal is not to be really good at Bible speak. Now, when I first became a Christian, I was intending to, one of my thoughts was, okay, there was always such an emphasis on the Bible that I was going to learn Hebrew and Aramaic and all the different languages. I wanted to go study the, the geography and the archaeology and learn everything I could about the Bible. And... It still fascinates me. I love the language and I love the the archaeology and all the you know the stories. They're they're just I greatly enjoy um, the the things that are in the Bible, but my faith is not in the Bible. God is not in the Bible. If you were stuck on a deserted island and didn't have a Bible, you'd be perfectly capable of having a perfectly wonderful relationship with God. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's it. And, and like I said, for me, it became a distraction. And God pulled me up short and said, "You're putting all your attention into learning something, rather than letting me teach you." And so I, I okay, Lord, I, how how can I cooperate with you? so you can teach me, so you can reveal yourself to me. And that a lot of that started with putting, learning about him, learning about the Bible, learning about, you know, the, the fivefold ministry, about this, that, and the other thing, putting that aside, putting about what traditional Christianity is, 
going to church, what, is, what does a good Christian do? What does that mean? Is, is the church, the Western church, is that church producing Christianity, producing Christians, whole, confident, healed Christians? Now, they may be better people, and they may know their Bible better, and they may feel better, but they're certainly not having much of an impact on the world. And they're certainly not experiencing that oneness with Christ. I, I think when somebody experiences that full oneness, I think it will impact gravity here on this earth. I think there will be a ripple effect because everything will change. Just as when Christ was born, there was a ripple effect the effect of him coming to this earth, just as when he died, there was an earthquake. Everything changed. At some point in time, I don't know whether it's going to be a 100 years or a million years, but somebody on this earth is going to achieve that oneness, spirit, soul, and body in Christ. And it will change everything. So you and I, you know, not to say, okay, that that's our goal, but your goal is to become one spirit, soul, and body. Receive that healing, that understanding, that oneness with him. So your job is you. And God's purpose for you is you, that you become one, spirit, soul, and body. So join the newsletter, sign up on Facebook, and we'll just keep you up to date as much as we can as when other things come online. And we want to make this as practical as possible. One of the first things that God encouraged me about was the whole concept of a six-month church. Now, I'm not sure whether this is going to come out in a, in a book or whatever, but we should, any of us, should be able to get everything we need in six months. And say, if you're a church, you should be able to bring people in and bring them through an objective process of where they learn how to get their wounds healed. They learn how to heal, hear God for themselves they learn uh, everything they need to know in order to receive from God directly. Now, a lot of times it's not going to take six months. A lot of times it's going to take two weeks. And certainly there's going to be times when, when somebody needs to have people around them for longer than that. So six months is kind of an arbitrary number. The point being is it's not like, like if you've been going to a therapist or a counselor for years and you aren't getting better, you should find another counselor. And if you've been going to church and you still feel like you need that church in order to know God, that's something you want to look at. Because it always comes down to, does, is, does what you believe work? And then, you know, what does work mean? It means is whatever you're learning, is it bringing you into a greater dependence on God? Are you receiving healing from God? Are your wounds being healed? Are the lives, lies that you believe, we all believe lies, are those being exposed and replaced with truth, which is a person? Not just knowledge, not just understanding, but having a, that, you know, when we say that Christians have a personal relationship with God, I think when we start to really have that and experience personal relationship with him, I think that's that's what creates the hunger in us. What creates the thirst in others is when we have that thirst. When 
when we are so passionate, not in front of others for their sake, but, you know, when you're passionate about something, it, it catches. It's catching. And it's not our job the, to get other people to know God. God's taking care of that. We talked before a little bit before about the whole idea of evangelism and it, the simplicity that's really intrinsic in evangelism. Evangelism is so simple. It's you just ask the person, if God revealed himself to you, that he was real, that he loved you, would you be okay with that? And then it's in their, ball, then it's in their hands. It's between them and God. If they say, no, I don't want to have anything to do with it, okay, that's between them and God. But if they say, yeah, I, yeah, if, yeah, if he's real, yeah, I'd be open to, to knowing, uh, knowing him, there you go. That's between them. Our greatest goal is to introduce them to one another. And sometimes we, you know, they're, they're, every situation is going to be different, every circumstance. But when we realize that God loves that other person more than we ever could. And God loves us more than we could ever comprehend. So what we're looking at is how to make the whole concept, the whole uh, relationship with God as practical and easy to do. It's not going to be uh, numerical because we're all on our own path. In other words, you know, if it's, let's say there's 10 steps and you might start on step two and then go to six and come back to three and then go to 10. And so it's not going to be progressive, you know, that you have to learn this, 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 and this. But the whole point being is that it's objective. And then God will take you on the path that he wants you on because this is all about knowing God. So pract- being practical Christianity, getting healed, and then knowing God which happens to be this, this, the book series that I wrote, to try to get that whole concept at least out on paper. Now, we've got a lot of ways to go. There's things that I, um, you know, I'm looking to, to revise in the, on those books, but I think this is a, a time for us all to be very practical about evaluating, does what I believe work in bringing me into greater oneness with God? That's the goal. That's his purpose, his goal for us. So thank you for tuning in. Like I said, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter or join on Facebook or both or neither. And we will be, hopefully, all things being equal, we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, or actually on Tuesday nights at 6. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.